All right, we're in week series of the series called Stay Positive. And this here series to me hits the mark for the time that we're in right now because there's so much negativity and there's so much uh, down about where we're at that that can try to come in and rule our lives. But I believe as the people of God that we need to be able to stay positive. Anybody out there say amen. That we need to be able to stay positive in this day. And today we're going to talk about something I believe is a key element of that and that's gratitude. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and speak to us today. Lord, we thank you that we speak with clarity and with relevancy and with application. And Father, I pray that we will be changed in our heart into your likeness today. Lord, that we will leave here different than as we came in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever, have you ever wondered what does it take, uh, how to be a person? What does it take so that people will really like to be with you? You know, if you're out there wanting to be married or you're out there uh, just wanting people to be attracted to you. To me, for a girl, happiness, the happiest girls are the prettiest girls. The ones that have the smile, the ones that have that poise, that big smile on. You know, it's, to me, it's not how much you work out or how your body might look. To me, it's about that positiveness, that happiness, that joy that's inside of you. And you know, my wife carries that. She carries outward beauty and inward beauty. But what's attractive to me, to her, is that smile and that, that thankfulness that's inside of her. And you know, to a guy... To a guy that wants people to be with you, I think it's important that we have a sense of humor. That we're able to laugh at ourselves and laugh at the world. That we're not afraid that we'll take our manliness down and that we'll tell people we love them and that we appreciate them. That there's a gratitude in our heart towards them. You know, personal perspective. I want you to write this down. Personal perspective is the lens for which we see everything. Either negative or positive. Our personal perspective, it's the lens, either negative or positive. If I take my glasses off, uh, I see the entire world like Jesus would see. But sometimes when we put our glasses back on, we begin to see the world in the way that our perspective is. Glasses off, we see a new world. We see color. We see light. We see joy because we're seeing with the eyes of Jesus. Glasses back on, we can get into our negative perspective. I don't know about you, but how many gets tired of dirty glasses? Anybody hate, who hates dirty glasses? Anybody out there like, I hate dirty glasses. You know what? How many know that we need to clean our lenses in the spiritual sometimes so that we can see the clean way that God has for us? Amen? So gratitude. It's a perspective. Gratitude's really needed during this pandemic and this unrest and, and where our people are in so much pain and difficulty. We can get to where we complain and we're negative about everything. Do I have any Gen Zers out there? Gen Zers out there. If you're watching online or you're out here, Gen Zers actually have a whole term that they made up for people that are complainers. Now, we do have someone with this name here, and I love it that she's here today because I love giving her such a hard time. But Gen Zers actually have a word, and they say Karen. So if you're a Karen out here, don't be like uh, Karen. You're a, don't be offended today, but they have a word for people that are negative and so down all the time. They always say, hey, Karen, what's going on today? So... 
Jay, next time you hear, Jay, Jay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you, everybody needs to pray for Jay. Jay, raise your hand and say, pray for me today. Pray. <laughs> Hey, those are some of my best friends. We uh, have vacationed with them. They've put up with me for 20 years. So when I'm up here, I can kind of do whatever I want, Jay, okay? But people complain about everything, weather, pandemic, home too long, not home long enough. You know, there's a pandemic. I think there's a new pandemic. There's not only a pandemic of COVID, but there's a pandemic of complaining and negative negative thinking and wrong thinking and us as the people of God we need to flatten that curve that's a curve that we need to flatten uh, you, you know the scripture says that good news a glad heart makes a cheerful face but a sorrow heart makes the spirit you know your spirit is the real you that's where your life comes from out of your spirit if you have a crushed spirit or a sorrowful spirit you don't have a cheerful face you know, a lot of us, we don't need Botox and anti-age cream to improve the curb appeal, you might say. We can just put on a smile and have that heart of gratitude because a heart full of gratitude is a heart that's created by God. Can somebody say amen? Even in psychology, in psychology.com, I looked up, there were benefits of gratitude. You know, there's even some physical and emotional benefits of being grat having gratitude one is it releases toxic or poisonous emotions when you're grateful it makes it to where uh it reduces pain you know sometimes i walk around and i and i'm just stiff and i'm sore and i'm like what, what's up with this and sometimes i can put it down to where i'm not happy or that grateful heart it can cause pain uh when we have the benefit of gratitude it improves our sleep quality it aids us in stress regulation. And gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. You know, the Bible says this. The Bible says to praise Him in the morning. Praise Him for His love in the morning. Have gratitude for His love in the morning. And at the night, we praise Him for His faithfulness. How many today need a little bit of gratitude today? How many can get where you feel a little bit of critical or a little bit anxious or a little bit under pressure or a little bit in the complaining? Today, I believe the antidote for that is gratitude. Why do we need gratitude? Why do we need gratitude? To me, gratitude is the gateway to peace. It's a gateway to peace. I encourage us today with gratitude to step through that door, step through that gateway, step into it, and you can begin to watch God transform you from the inside out. If you can't have gratitude in your heart, and we ha you can't have that gratitude in your heart and have that complaining all at the same time, gratitude is the gateway. Turn to your neighbor or write it in the chat that gratitude is the gateway to peace. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, ashamed of this because I think that's part of keeping it real. But I've had seasons in my life where I have dealt with severe anxiety. And severe anxiety can actually lead to depression. And it can take it where you feel that you're not motivated or you, you just don't feel like pushing on or going forward. And everything seems to have that lens where I don't have my eyeglasses off and I'm not seeing through the lens of God, but sometimes I put my glasses on and I'm just not seeing with the right perspective. And sometimes I just can't break away from that internal dialogue that never stops. 
telling me what I'm not and what I should and all this, and, and it just keeps pressing and pressing and pressing me down. Well, I've learned, I've learned in the last five or six years that a key to getting out of that, how many want to get out of that, that, that feeling that I'm talking about? The key to get out of that is to have a heart of gratitude. I begin every day with a heart of gratitude. I wake up, for me, when I wake up is usually when I feel the lousiest. Sometimes it, it seems like I've slept all night and it, I feel worse when I get up. So sometimes I get up and that fight has already start and I have to press through, but gratitude is my gateway that I step through. I always say, I worship you, Elohim. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You, God, were in the beginning. It is you that has made me. It is you that has formed me. It is you that has crowned me with glory and honor. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your grace to me. I, and I begin to focus on God and on His grace and on His goodness to me. And that gratitude begins to press out all that other stuff. Gratitude is not only a sediment. Listen, but it's an action. Gratitude isn't just something you feel and that changes your emotions. Gratitude's an action. It's a return, you might say, of favor. How many of you have had favor and blessing from the Lord? Lift up your hand. I've had favor and blessing. Gratitude is responding back with that action. It's responding back and returning that favor back to the Lord. In Scripture... In Luke 16, 16 through 19, um, there was this guy that got healed of leprosy. And, he, and after he got healed, there were actually 10 of them that Jesus prayed for to be healed of leprosy. But out of the 10, one came back and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he began to thank him. And that's the gratitude that I'm talking about. He began to thank him. And look at this. He was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner. He was somebody that didn't know about the things of God. How much more ought we that know about the things of God, that know about the goodness of God and the kindness of God, how much more are we to have gratitude? Jesus said, weren't there ten people cleansed? He said, where's the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Look at this. Your faith. If you transfer that down, it actually means your gratitude. Your gratitude. Your faith has made you well and whole. So that wholeness, that gateway that we stop to is an attitude of gratitude. And I ask you, have we returned back to that place of gratitude after salvation? Do we return? I'm telling you, on your days of funk, if you'll return back to a day of gratitude and remembrance of the goodness of the Lord. And you'll ponder how many times God has bailed us out. Come on. How many times He's taken us through. That attitude of gratitude begins to help us through. You know, I even journal gratitude. And when you start journaling, and you start trying to focus and be intentional about being having gratitude, it might start with, Lord, thank you for the sun. Thank you for the air I breathe. I mean, you're kind of blank on what to say. But after week, after days, moving into weeks, moving into months, 
it gets to where a gratitude journal can be full and running over. It gets down to the deep things. I encourage you, if you're having a hard time or negative or complaint time, don't just sit and hear the sermon today. Begin to make a gratitude journal. I'm looking to my left, and she's going to be real excited that I called her out today. And so all the people on my left, their hearts are beating hard right now. But uh, I had a friend, a good friend that was diagnosed with cancer, had a bad report, and that internal dialogue began to happen. I went to her house, and I remember saying, man, it's just not fair. I'm losing that time with my family. I want to see my kids, grandkids graduate. I want to see them. I want to see them. And began to tell all these things which are rightful thoughts and things to say. I want to, I want to see. I want to be with my kids. I want to live. I want to see it all. But I saw her make that switch even right there while she was talking to me. She made that switch and she said I, that she came out of that pit. And even through an unbelievably difficult time in the hospital with chemo dripping in her veins and, and her heart and attitude is, you can't touch my heart because my heart and my attitude is filled up with gratitude to the Lord. And this person is sitting here today. She became a witness to the doctors and to the nurses and everybody that came in contact to her attitude of gratitude began to spill over. And even last week in church, this lady came up to me or called me this week or texted me this week. And she said, someone came last week that had one of those hats on. If you know what I'm talking about in chemo because the hair has gone. I went up and hit him on the side and said, I had one of those too. I had one of those too. And you know what? You're going to make it. You're going to make it. God is going to see you through this. God is going to take you through this. And so this person, we need to be more like her and to have that attitude of gratitude. You know, the Bible says that the Lord strengthens and he protects. The scripture says, I trust him always with all my heart. I know I will be rescued. See, you're not putting your hope in something that's false. When you have an attitude of gratitude, you can know that you will be rescued. And the psalmist said, my heart is full of joy, and I will sing to him in gratitude. Somebody say in gratitude. The Bible says, and this is tough for a lot of people, but the Bible says, give thanks all the time. Give thanks all the time. Paul reiterated and he said, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks all the time. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. I was even talking to Tim and Chris before service today. And they said, not that we've enjoyed the hardships that we've had to go through and what's happened to our nation. And, and, and he said, but my family was shaken up and my, my family being quarantined together and what we've been through. He said, Pastor, I'm coming out on the other side. My marriage is better. My relationship with my kids is better. My finances are better. Everything's better. I'm telling you, in everything we're to give thanks be, 
for God because it's God's will to take you through. It's God's will to do something in you that He wants to do through you. Everything that happens in God is going to benefit you because He has your best interest in mind. I'm convinced of that. My favorite scripture, my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I've said this dozens of times at this church and i hope you know it is habakkuk 3 it says even though everybody say even though say it louder even though the fig trees aren't blooming even though there's no grapes on the vine even though the olive crop fails the fields lie empty and they're barren even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle are in the barns they are empty it says yet Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord, listen to me, He is our strength. Say, He is my strength. Let the weak say, right now, I am strong. Say, I am strong in the Lord. And I'm strong in His might. Let the weak, the Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer. You know, a lot of us need to grow a pair, and I'm talking about a pair of hooves. And as we see the mountain ahead of us and above us, that we would grow a pair of hooves and that we would get sure-footed on the Word of God and that we would climb that mountain like a mountain goat and like somebody that's sure-footed because we're sure-footed in God. It's a sure thing with God. You will climb that mountain and you will overcome. You know, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, gra with gratitude in your heart to God. That's what Colossians 3, 16. You know, there was a day this week where I woke up and I didn't have a song in my heart. And I kept hearing the Lord say, this is a big point this morning. I added this this morning. I kept hearing the Lord say, sing psalms, sing hymns. Sing spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. I woke up a day this week, and I, I, this, is, this is true. I woke up a day this week, and the only song was Tennessee Whiskey. And then it went into Born to be Yours. Young people know what that one is. And then it went into Margaritaville. And, and it's not that those songs aren't okay and cool to listen to. Um, and there's a time where I listen to those kind of, of music when I'm sitting outside and stuff. But I needed a song in my heart for some spiritual warfare. I was feeling attacked and I was feeling vulnerable and I was feeling weak. And the only thing that was in my mind was Tennessee whiskey and Margaritaville, and Tennessee whiskey, and Margaritaville can't do anything for a person that is upset and negative and undetermined to make it in this life. But there's a God in heaven that there's a song that He'll put in our heart, and He's called us to sing songs, sing hymns. Man, I quickly got on my phone and hit Elevation Worship. I quickly got on Pandora and hit Elevation Worship. And it was just a matter of minutes to where a heart of gratitude was my gateway to the out of the pit of despair. Brothers and sisters, you're all sitting there looking at me today. 
I'm giving you the answers. I'm giving you what you can do. But you're going to have to put it to work. You're going to have to practice these things. You're going to have to, to, to apply these things. Or you'll stay in the same world that you're in. Or God can change the, the world that we're in. The, these are secrets. You know, the Lord's been dealing with me that at Church on the Rock, that we are called to get people to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus and to do what Jesus did. That's our mission. But on to become like Jesus, where we're practicing these things and we're applying these things, that's something that you guys got to do. And guys, I can with boldness look out and say, if, if you said, what is your goal as a pastor of Church on the Rock? I would look out and I would say to make wholly devoted followers of Christ that are changing their lives and being better every day. I, I would say that. When I look out, I would say, I, I, want, I want it. So when I preach, there's almost something in me, and I don't mean this arrogant, but there's something in me where I want to point and say, I expect the church to take the word and to change. When we speak the word, I expect it to change the heart and to change the mind. How many want the word to change your heart and to change your mind? We need to apply these things. So I want to go through an example of scripture today in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8. I could have picked a whole bunch, but I intentionally picked this scripture because everybody knows it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Everybody say rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear my mom say, you don't want me to say that twice. When my mama reiterated something twice, uh, I needed to be listening. In Scripture, when it says rejoice in the Lord always, I'm going to say it again to you. Again, I say rejoice. You know that word, I want you to, I want to give you some theology today. That word rejoice comes from the Greek word karyo. It means to be glad, but it's directly connected and a more deeper meaning is the, is the Greek word grace or charis. So what God is saying, rejoice in the Lord always, what you're doing is you're thinking, how do I rejoice in the Lord always? The deep meaning to that scripture isn't just a sediment of a feeling of gratitude. It's an action. It's thinking, it goes into the Greek word charis, which means grace. In other words, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That rejoice means in both of these, think about God's goodness to me. Think about God's grace to me and for me. Think about that of his unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing on me. That his grace has given me to do what I can't do. The reason we get saved by Jesus Christ is because none of us could save us. For by grace are we saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves. But grace came to us because in sin, we needed somebody to do what we couldn't do. Well, the reason we can rejoice is we think about the goodness of God. We think about all the times that he's taken us through. Do you realize when Paul wrote this, that he was in prison? And he was in major revival uh, where... Tons of people were coming to Christ and being healed and, and, and being disciples of God. And then all of a sudden he was thrown in prison. Seems like the ministry stopped. 
The Word of God got bound up. Well, he just decided to write two-thirds of the New Testament and said, the Word of God, you may have me at a prison, but I'll just write letters because the Word of God is not bound. And 2,000 years later, we have two-thirds of the New Testament written by Paul because he was a guy that said, I'm going to think about the grace of God. I'm going to say rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He was in prison Tied to a guard 24 hours a day. Couldn't even go to the bathroom without anybody beside him. He was locked down. Looked like life stopped. Ministry was over. But he said, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to tell you rejoice. So brothers and sisters, let that be our example. Paul did that. And how Paul changed the world by writing two-thirds of the New Testament. In our situation, we can be world changers and life changers. Somebody say amen. He said, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That reasonableness means this. Let your reason to rejoice be known. Let it be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Brothers and sisters, there's that scripture that I want Church on the Rock, everybody to know. Because here's what it means in the original. Everybody lift up your hand. Everybody lift up your hand. It says, let your reasonableness, or let your, your rejoicing in the Lord, let your reason, or your reason to be joy, rejoice be known. It's because I know God. Let it be known to everybody around you at your workplace. The Lord is at hand. When you lift your hand up, in the original writing, what that means is they lifted their hand up and it was a reminder that the Lord was never, ever as far as away as your hand. He's always that close. The Lord is at hand. And he said, do not be anxious. That anxious is the Greek word, uh, mirimano. The way you pronounce it is merimnao. Okay? But what that means, that anxious means, it says that your reasonable... Let's be known that the Lord's at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. That anxious there means to be troubled with cares. It means to be pulled apart as opposed to being whole. Okay? It means to go to pieces. Think about this. Think about something that's whole and then everything that's just torn into pieces. A person that's in anxiousness has pieces all over the place where his life is being torn apart. So that's what anxiousness means. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, there's that everything again, in everything by prayer and supplication. Brother, any time that I don't have a, brothers and sisters, any time that I don't have a heart of gratitude and my mind is somewhere else and I'm not in the moment where God wants me spiritual, I always think about what I'm thinking about. And then I hear the Lord say, Brian, what are you worrying about? Don't worry about anything is what this scripture says. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then this scripture says, and with thanksgiving. That thankfulness is Eucharistia. And that means thankful, but it's thankful for God's grace. And brothers and sisters, that rejoice and that second rejoice and that thanksgiving there, if you want to circle them all, they all go down to that root word charis which means grace. So how are we thankful? How do we rejoice? How can we be happy? It's to have an attitude of gratitude, remembering the grace that God has given you. It'll do it for you. And then it says this, 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Notice this. Anxiousness meant to be torn into pieces. Are you all with me? Look up here just a second. Anxiousness means to be torn in a million pieces, to be torn apart in a whole bunch of segments, just ripped apart in many pieces. Do you know that this peace here and the peace of God, that is the Greek word irene. And this word is the exact opposite word of anxious. Instead of being torn apart in many directions and to be torn into pieces, it means to be joined back together and tied together as whole again. That's what that scripture means. So anxiousness is torn into many pieces. But peace is when God takes all those pieces, P-I-E-C-E-S, and he brings them back to the whole. And you know, the best way that I can illustrate that is if you think about life. You think about life and you put all these balls and in anxiousness, in anxiousness, in anxiousness where I'm torn into pieces and I've got all, I've got all these balls that, that, that I'm trying to keep, uh, I'm trying to keep on my, my table. But as, as I'm navigating through, through life, I, I can't keep these balls on my table. I can't keep it. I fall into pieces. But when you talk about being a whole, man, I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere. I could jump off this table. I can handle life and balance life if it's a whole. But when you start being torn into many pieces, you just can't balance life. God, guys, God wants to balance life. He wants to bring that peace back into our heart. And as we talk about gratitude, as we talk about gratitude, I close with this. He said, finally, my brothers. Paul said, finally, my brothers. Finally, my sisters, my brothers. Finally, my sisters. Paul said, let me get rid of this. Finally, my brothers. Finally, my sisters. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence or virtue, if there's anything that you can, that's worthy or that you can praise about or think about, think about these things. You know, to me, this cup today, this cup today, it's a dark green or a blackish color. To me, this represents gratitude killers. Gratitude killers are anxiousness. We learned about that today where you're torn into pieces. Turns into fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. It's lies. But lies today are keeping people from a heart of gratitude. And they're in a pit of despair. But God wants to take us out of that. Gratitude killers are when you get in ease or you just lack contentment. You can have it all and still want more. It's a gratitude killer. Pressures, jobless. What am I going to do with these kids? They said I, I, we're, we're not going to put them back in school. How am I going to do my job at home? I, 
Gratitude. Rejoice in the Lord always. How am I going to pay my bills? Rejoice in the Lord always. Remember His grace. Aging parents, health concerns, becoming sick. Gratitude killers when we get so self-absorbed that we're the all-importance that we need to be admired and noticed all the time. These are, these are gratitude killers. But when we take the Lord and we say whatsoever things are pure, we begin to fill our lives up with whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are good. I want to have an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to praise the Lord through my situation. We begin to get in an overflow where the Lord can just take out all this negativity and all these things that are robbing our heart of the peace of God. And He can just take it all out and give us clear water. Clear water. I'm telling you, attitude of gratitude can press that negativity out. Right now, wherever you're at, I want you to begin to just thank the Lord for His grace in your life. I want you to thank the Lord for saving you and His goodness. I want you to put on, I want you to go through, come through the gateway of peace today. Come through the gateway of gratitude. Come before the Lord with thanksgiving. I want you to look at your circumstances and your situation. I want you to look at it with a heart of gratitude. The reason I can rejoice always is because the Lord took an old sinner like me and gave me a life of joy and peace and happiness. And I'm going to go to heaven because of faith in Jesus Christ. That's a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to be thankful. You know why else I'm going to rejoice? Because I'm going to remember the charis. I'm going to remember the grace that God... I want you to right now think about the things that you thought had you. That you, you think the things you thought had you, but the truth is God had you and He took you through. Come on, I want you to think about that. Why do we always go to the negative? Why do we always get to that pit of despair? Some of you that are sick, like I have been with anxiousness and fear and that stuff. Sometimes we just want to come and somebody pray for us and it'd be all gone, but a lot, and that might work at times and I've seen that happen but God may want you to have a journal and begin to have a heart of gratitude thank you Jesus how often do you find yourself complaining how often do you find yourself being so negative do you realize how this is affecting you? Affecting others around you? With your head bowed and eyes closed, how can you start practicing gratitude this week? I want you to think of a couple things right now that you're going to start doing this week. I was so filled with this message last night when I got in bed. I turned to Carmen and I said, Carmen, you are such a reflection and a mirror of Jesus to me. If I ever wonder what Jesus is like, I told my wife, I said, you're a mirror. You are a reflection 
you have been so good to me. You have been so kind to me. I love you. I love living my life with you. You're my best friend. Heart of gratitude. Heart of gratitude. How many of you need to start showing gratitude to your spouse? How many of you need to start showing gratitude to your children? Change my heart, oh God. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Maybe some of you got Tennessee whiskey in your head. Or Margaritaville. Again, I'm not condemning you. But how many need to get the song of the Lord in your heart? Right now, ask the Lord to put the song of the Lord in your heart. Go home, put Pandora and put Elevation Worship or Bethel Worship or Life Church Worship. Begin to arm yourself. Arm yourself with hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. What can you, come on, do something today. Do something today. How can you start practicing gratitude this week? If you're in the pit of despair, how can you share your gratefulness with others? Father, right now, I thank you for all the ways in which you bless us. I thank you for all the ways that you support us. Lord, I thank you that you're with me in the good times. You're with us in the hard times. And Lord, I pray that you'll remind me in this church that you are at work in me. That you're doing something in my life. Lord, give me a thankful heart. Give me a joyful heart. Lord, we speak life to ourselves today. We need to express our gratitude. Lord, you deserve it. In Jesus' name. Lord, I commit to a step this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many say the Lord touched you today and you're making some steps this week? Lift up your hand all over the place. If you prayed and you asked God to do something, your life's fixing to change. Step through that. Step through that gateway. Before we leave today, I never want to give a chance that somebody can come to Jesus Christ. Today, you can have the greatest expression of gratitude would be that you would accept His goodness and His forgiveness and His faith. You know, God wanted a family so bad, but God can't help it. But He's perfect in every way. He's like holy. He can't help it. That's just the way He is. And He tried to make a Garden of Eden and He tried to set it up where He could have fellowship with people. You know, I've been watching that series alone where they go out in the wilderness and live with nothing. And you know, a lot of them can get the food and they can get the shelter and they can get all that, but what they can't do deal with is being alone. They can't deal with being alone. And they go out of their head and they tap out. They had plenty of food and good shelter and you thought, man, they're going to win this for sure. But they couldn't deal with being alone. With every head bowed and eyes closed. How many of you feel alone today? That you need to accept the goodness of God. God so loved the world that He left heaven and came to you. Died on the cross. Took your sin so He could give you His righteousness. He fulfilled all the rules in the Bible for you. 
And all you got to do is put your faith in His goodness and His kindness and His love for you and just respond with action and say, I receive you today all over this place. If you've never received Christ in your heart, if you're watching on TV or you're watching on the internet or you're inside the church or outside, if you've never prayed a prayer and asked Jesus to come to your heart, I want you to pray this with me. Church on the Rock, nobody prays alone. Let's pray it out loud. Dear Lord, I come to you today. I don't want to be alone anymore. It's driving me crazy. I want to accept you into my life. I know I've sinned and fallen short. And I'm a mess up and I've done all this stuff wrong. But Lord, I thank you with a heart of gratitude that you came to this earth as Jesus Christ and you died for my sin. And I ask you to give me your righteousness, to give me your forgiveness, to give me your salvation today. And I ask you into my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer online or inside or anywhere today, go on to Church on the Rock online and let us know you did that. If you did it here today in this outside service, let somebody know before you live. Let's stand to our feet today. Let's stand to our feet today. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Give the Lord praise today. Yeah, Brayden said, I think we're done. Hey, guys, turn around, high five or give an air hug. Look to people and say, we will hug again. Praise the Lord. Carmen, do you have anything?